and welcome to a special episode of Energy Central's Power Perspectives podcast, the program where we bring you hot topics from the energy and utility industry as told by the leaders charting the industry's path into the future. I'm Jason Price of West Monroe, an Energy Central community ambassador and host of the podcast based in New York City. Joining me all the way from Orlando, Florida is Matt Chester, Energy Central's community manager and the producer of this podcast. Today's episode is our second installment in the Power Perspectives Leadership Series, where we bring utility CEOs into the podcast booth. In fact, these two gentlemen are giants reinventing the utility of the future in operations and communications. Matt, would you agree that if Thomas Edison were alive today, he would have our guests on speed dial? I think they'd be in the inner circle for sure, and and I'd sure love to be a fly on the wall for those conversations. (laughs) Today, we're diving headfirst into the topic of utility private LTE networks, an area that's rapidly coming into focus for utility executives across the country. Power industry has long sought to prioritize a resilient and secure grid. And according to today's guests, the collective action of utilities to deploy private networks is quickly becoming a cornerstone towards any modernized grid infrastructure. This episode is a special one because we have not one, but two experts on the topic of private LTE for utilities. First, I want to welcome Gil Quinones, the president and CEO of the New York Power Authority, or NIPA. Gil is known to be one of the more visible and active executives we have in this industry. And so we're thrilled to bring his expertise to our podcast listeners. In addition to his role developing and implementing the public power vision across New York State, Gil also serves as the co-chair of the New York Energy Highway Task Force, and he's been an Energy Central member for the better part of a decade. Gil Quinones, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to be with you, and I look forward to our discussion. And the reason Gil is here to chat with us today is because he's overseeing the implementation of an LTE platform across the digital utility efforts at NIPA for this massive undertaking NIPA brought in Antarex to enable private broadband for NIPA's operations, a project of unprecedented scale and, for what we've heard, a major success. So, to help fill in the details from Antarex's side, we are also joined by Rob Schwartz, the president and CEO of Antarex. Rob is a more recent member of the Energy Central community, but he recently created some buzz submitting an insightful post on how we can overcome today's challenges and bridge the gap to the grid of the future. Rob Schwartz, welcome to the Power Perspectives. Thanks, Jason, and thanks, Matt. Really a pleasure to be here and to be here with Energy Central, um, and very excited to be here with with Gil, uh, really being an industry innovator, thought leader, and looking forward to our discussion. Fantastic, and we're thrilled to have you here. So let's get right to it. So before we start, though, let's recognize Antarex. Antarex has also made this episode possible today. So we want to thank you for making this happen and helping to guide us on this critical topic. Given that, let's dive in with you, Rob. First, the interest in private wireless broadband networks by utilities is growing, as you've seen firsthand. What are the catalysts you're seeing driving this interest? And perhaps you can start by giving a quick background for our listeners not familiar with the need for private LTE and the FCC rulings that pave the way for these types of projects. Absolutely. So a, a couple key points. One is as far as the demand side for broadband networks and explicitly private broadband networks, as you know, utilities have been really the thought leaders in using private networks for their requirements over decades. And because of the, those are such specific and highly valuable use cases, the, the need to have a level of control and security of deploying private networks has always been part of the, the fabric of utilities. 
with with private broadband, we're really talking about the the next level of of technology innovation. And so the the use cases that we're seeing and, and collectively of what's happening with grid modernization to address decarbonization and distributed energy resources, including renewables, um, what's happening with the need for sensors for awareness, command and control throughout a utility's footprint um, growing massively. And then obviously with the growing cybersecurity concerns, the need to have a level of awareness and control and separation of networks, um, given all the incidents that have happened and predictions of, of, of risks of future occurrences. All of that, when you wrap that up, along with the growing list of use cases, the innovations that are occurring, and many of which are coming from leaders like NIPA, really drives towards the need for a private broadband network. And that's really what we want to talk about today. At Enterix, we've been focused on bringing the spectrum element, the low band spectrum, which is really the foundational piece of any wireless network. If you looked at any commercial network around the globe, they all started with a foundational low band spectrum, which allows you to have broad coverage. And for utilities that have statewide uh, or multi-state even territories, um, it's essential to have that low band, low cost spectrum to be able to provide for private LTE. So we petitioned the FCC now over five years ago to enable us to take the spectrum that we own nationwide to turn it into broadband spectrum to be able to enable utilities, importantly, to build, own, and operate their own private broadband networks for all of their own customized needs. And so that's where we see the excitement. And that's where Enterix is focused on working with companies like NIPA, as we announced last week through our pilot that we're doing on 900 megahertz. We're very excited to be moving forward with them and a handful of other utilities now in some of these early deployments. Gil, at NIPA, you're obviously prioritized this type of network. Do you agree with Rob's assessment? Can you talk specifically about how private wireless broadband fits into NIPA's plans, and specifically the Vision 2020 plan? Yes, and the soon-to-be-released Vision 2030 plan. Like what Rob said, back in 2013, 2012, we saw the megatrends of decarbonization, decentralization, and digitization in our industry. And so at that time, we decided to embark on a digital transformation journey at the Power Authority. And what that meant was we wanted to be the first end-to-end digital utility. We needed to put the customer at the center of that transformation, but also digitize from the inside out. We've been installing sensors, We're currently building a fiber backbone on top of our transmission line called Optical Groundwire Network. And the truth is that there will be distributed sensors and intelligence at our assets, but also with our workers and our customers. And there's a need to bring that together, all those data points streaming and be able to bring it either to our premise or to the cloud so that we can do data analytics and later on apply more intelligence approaches like artificial intelligence and machine learning. And so we are a statewide utility. We have decided first pilot in one of our power plants in the middle of our state. Uh, It's called Blenheim Gilboa Pump Hydro projects, a large uh, pump hydro, it's about 1,200 megawatts. And in that area, uh, we will be piloting a private wireless network in partnership with Anterix, but also trying a couple of other technologies, one from Omega Wireless at the 600 megahertz spectrum and also AT&T on their first network for redundancy reasons. Now, the reason why we're looking at various types of uh, network and spectrum is that there are going to be different use cases 
along the way. But uh, we are excited in our partnership with Enterix, and we look forward to having a successful pilot because our intent really is to deploy this as quickly as possible statewide and in conjunction with our Fiverr backbone or backhaul system that we will now have the ability to stream information 24-7, 365 to help in our asset management, to predict asset health uh, for our facilities and to help optimize the energy usage of our customers. So very, very excited. Okay, well, let's take this a step further, Gil. Having read your recent interview for Energy Central in our special issue entitled Visioning the Private Networked Grid of the Future, you noted that creating resilient, redundant communication systems is a necessity for utilities. Can you elaborate on that for our listeners? Yes. You know, electricity is like the oxygen of our economy. Without electricity, the economy really cannot function. And we've seen that from time to time right? The Superstorm Sandy, uh, when we had that here in New York back in 2012, we were out of power for 16 days in many of the places downstate. And we saw the impact of that. So reliable and resilient electric service is a must. Now to have a reliable and resilient electric service, we need resilient communications to make that happen. And having a network that utilities can rely on both in blue sky and black sky conditions really will give utilities and its customers confidence in continuing that safe, reliable, resilient service that our communities require and that our economies need. Let's send it back over to Rob. Why, in your view, should utilities consider private wireless broadband networks as critical infrastructure in their modernization efforts? I think there's a couple ways to approach that. One is, as I mentioned earlier, the important recognition of the evolution of technology, right? Communications networks, historically, there are a lot of disparate technologies for disparate use cases. No different than the phones we carry in our pockets. You know, we used to have flashlights and record players and CD players and, and tape recorders. All those devices and use cases have consolidated into the single smartphones that we carry around. And for the utility industry, there's an opportunity to leapfrog even that technology of saying today there are, and we work with utilities that have dozen plus different disparate and often legacy communications networks that each support individual historical use cases. But now the availability of of LTE as a technology, and it's worth noting that LTE is the global standard that every major wireless carrier on the globe utilizes. And because of the, the, the gravitation for the technology, you have amazing economies of scale that you have lots of choice of vendors that make the equipment and also that make the endpoints. You know, we look think of it as, as the handsets that we carry, the phones, but it's really also all of fixed wireless sensors and devices that are deployed, as Gil talked about, throughout, throughout a network. And so standardizing around LTE makes a lot of sense to join in that cost and development curve um, that's really been, already been adopted around the globe. And then the other element really is private. And why private versus commercial? That's an argument that a lot of utilities have made for, to us already. As I said, you know, a lot of utilities have learned through experience that the need to be able to deploy the communications networks where they need it and often in places where there may not be commercial coverage. And that could be you know, where transmission lines intentionally go where there aren't people or, or substations or other elements. But also because it provides the level of control and security that are so essential in, in these mission-critical communications. 
as Gil said, and we completely agree, you know, it, it is the oxygen of our society of supporting the electrical network. And, and as history has shown through various man-made or natural disasters that have occurred, the ability for those networks to be resilient often relies on the underlying communications network to be able to assess what's happened and, and the speed at which it can bounce back. And so the, having the control of those networks is essential. And the use cases that, that it supports, just to restate, I think is really important. Right? What's happening with the need for elements of distributed energy generation is essential to be interconnected. We're working on a project. We've gone through a pilot with the Department of Energy's National Renewable Energy Lab. And we're doing that with a group of utilities, seven different utilities as an industry oversight, and, and specifically focusing on that, that as you start having more and more distributed energy sources, the, the need for communications, for the integration of some of those sources, often intermittent sources like solar and wind, becomes even greater. And so having a very low latency, meaning very little delay between the time when a sensor sends a signal and it's received, and, and even more important, it's decisioned upon, right? But using things like what Gil talked about with AI and machine learning, those centralized capabilities are only as good as the speed at which you're able to react. And having a low latency private LT network enables a lot of those elements as well. Absolutely. You know, there are certainly a significant amount of opportunities newly made possible once private LTE for utility is in place. Gil, I saw you announce NIPA will be testing private LTE network solutions for energy metering and inspection drones, for example. Care to tease out any other potential use cases you've identified in the future at NIPA? Sure. And, and thank you for asking. Right now, we're streaming about you know, 55, 60,000 sensor points that we have deployed in our power plant substations and transmission system and our customer buildings, primarily state-owned buildings and city buildings across uh, New York. And we're doing asset management use cases. We're doing energy efficiency, energy optimization type use cases. In this particular pilot of uh, private LTE, we're going to be looking at how do we operate drones safely to monitor and inspect NIPA's assets, both generation and transmission. Workforce mobility, what we call our digital worker program. You know, we want to put and push intelligence at the edge and at the hands of our employees so that they can make smart decisions out in the field. Secure communications for emergency management. Very, very important, as we can see during this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, voice over LTE, Wi-Fi telephony, push-to-talk applications, all of those we're going to try. You mentioned metering services and analytics of our customers' energy consumption and trying to digitize the energy systems of our customers and create basically connected and flexible buildings that can interact with the local distribution grid. Data transport to support uh, NIPA's energy efficiency initiatives at, at customer locations and doing analytics and optimization. Smart city applications, you know, we've been in, the, we're in the process of replacing all the streetlights in our state. Our initial target is 500,000 streetlights of the total of about 1.4 million streetlights in New York. And there's an opportunity not just to upgrade those streetlights with smart LED lighting fixtures that save a lot of money and save a lot of maintenance, but also install sensors at strategic locations of those light poles and light fixtures to deploy smart city applications, whether they are 
you know, snow and ice detection sensors, air quality sensors, traffic flow sensors, security cameras, etc. Things that can help optimize the operations of city agencies and cities that we deal with and our NIPAS customers. So there are a lot of applications that we are going to be testing. Uh, a lot of applications probably that are going to come up as we start testing this and deploying. So we're, we're really, really excited to partner with Enterix and others in this pilot. And we're, we can't wait to come back to you again on a follow-up to this podcast and tell you the results of, of that pilot. That's great, and certainly a great recognition for my home state, so good to hear, Gil. Uh, Gil, staying with you for a moment, what about when it comes to the new normal challenges facing utilities, from cybersecurity to integrating DERs to overall resilience? How does NIPA's private LTE network help overcome these hurdles? Well, you know, resiliency, you mentioned cybersecurity, physical security, integrating DERs. Rob mentioned that, that that increases what's called the threat surface, right? When you're talking about cybersecurity. And he covered it earlier that having a private LTE network that is owned and operated by the utility provides control and security of data traffic. We are, of course, endeavoring to comply with 3GPP or third generation partnership project. These are stringent cyber standards and it provides greater cybersecurity and control than public networks in questions, for example, such as you know where to deploy the network, coverage and capacity needs, which application needs priority access. So it's important for us as a utility providing an essential service like electricity, not just be able to bounce back quick, but to be able to bounce back forward when there are disturbances in our system, whether it's cyber, physical security, or some operational disturbance and having a private LTE will help us in, in, that, in that process. Another key angle from private LTE integration is the idea of collective versus individual action by utilities. So this question is for both of you. What are the benefits of utilizing collective action in this regard? And are utilities embracing these opportunities as a collective like they should? Rob, would you like to start? Sure. Let me start with, you know, as, as we've been able to travel around the country and talk with leadership and utilities, we saw the same kind of challenges being solved simultaneously, meaning facing the same kind of use cases and, and network evolution, as Gil talked about, as, as really NIPA is leading through their Vision 2020 plan. And what we realized was uniquely in this sector, and as everyone knows in the utility sector, utilities are willing to work together, unlike almost any other sector in, in, in our economy. Because of that, the availability of this collective action, and really we, we think of it as kind of a network effect, right? So that, that the more networks that are developed and, and in some way connected, and that can be physical connections because there's efficiencies, economies of scale there, but also in the information sharing. Um, we've seen this through NIPA's leadership already in being a founding member along with Enterix and other utilities in the Utility Broadband Alliance, or UBBA, which is really a grassroots initial effort of utilities that are driving towards understanding how to use private broadband in their infrastructure to solve 
various use cases coming together to share that information. So Amrin, who was one of the early entities that piloted, shared their learning. Southern Company that has already deployed a private LTE network hosted this utility broadband alliance. But really, is the, that to me is the beginning of what becomes the ability of this industry to work together to get the collective value of the scale of all of the, the harnessing the brain power and, and the development of, of all the utilities. Recently, Guidehouse uh, used to be Navigant. One of their research folks named Rochelle Elberg just released a paper that identifies the benefits of this collective action. It's worth it's worth looking at. Um, she talks about this enhanced incremental value creation for each network participant from the collective and identified a couple of key things that I thought were, were worth calling out in this, what she calls a utility communications network of networks. First, the economies of scale and scope, right? Just the tremendous buying power and developmental power of creating scale for both cost and efficiency of that equipment. The other is the industry-specific and industry-wide product in application development. When Gil was talking about a lot of those unique applications that look, they're looking about how to apply the 900 megahertz broadband spectrum or, or private LTE as a technology, they're not alone in that effort, but the collective development of getting developers to focus on drones is a good example, but how do they do that? They, they need a large enough scale customers to focus on it. And so the collective effort of the utility industry to drive those solutions together is very powerful. The other is the ability to share the resources just data gathering, analytics, results, as Gil said, when this pilot we're working on together is complete, absolutely will be shared with industry-wide so that everyone can learn from it and, and add to it so that everyone can benefit. And I think, importantly, as, as Gil talked about the, the, the cybersecurity challenges, the information sharing, cybersecurity monitoring, support, connectivity, additive to all the work already going on in the industry, but now with a new collective network of sensors and capabilities, we think is going to be very, very powerful. And at this point, we're working with, as Enterix, over 40 utilities in their thinking and evolution. And, we've, and we really see the opportunity to connect the dots between all of those efforts to make it a, a, a much stronger collective effort. And so that's why this, this Navigant Guidehouse report that came out recently, we think is a really good architectural paper to be able to drive that concept forward. Thank you for that. Gil, I assume you're, you're one of the 40 members of that collective. Any comments or final words regarding that, the collective effort? Well, we, we have a saying in the electric utility industry, unity of mission, unity of message. And it's this concept of collective effort and collective action is part of our DNA. Whether it's helping each other in storm restoration or doing research and development through the Electric Power Research Institute, or now projects like this or initiatives like this, technology innovation building a private LTE network. As Rob mentioned, we have a users group that 24-7, 365, sharing ideas for the benefit of the collective. It's part of who we are. It's part of how we operate. So we're not only connected physically through our electric transmission and distribution grids, but we're really connected in many other areas. And that's kind of how we, we operate. Rob mentioned cybersecurity. Cybersecurity can only be dealt with if we have collective preparation, collective defense, and collective response, both amongst utilities, between utilities, and federal, state, and local government partners, and technology companies. It's going to take that type of an effort because we are going against nation states. And so, again, to have a more secure, robust private LTE in this specific application is very, very critical. 
Absolutely. And that collective effort is what makes this industry so exciting. Sadly, we're running out of time for this episode. So let's get back to each of you with some closing thoughts about the future of private LTE in the utility sector. Gil, how do you see NIPA and your peer utilities focusing on this important area moving forward? And what are some of the priorities you see in, say, the next five years? Oh, it's, that's an interesting question. When we began this journey back in 2014, you know, I had all kinds of good ideas that, that we would do, and we implemented many of them uh, at NIPA. But we also discovered a lot of new things along the way. And I anticipate that will be the case, that we will be discovering a lot of new things along the way. But we're going to be looking at how do we push intelligence at the edge closer to our workers so that they can make real-time you know, smart decisions to operate and to maintain our assets keep them resilient, keep them uh, reliable and available to produce electricity. We're also going to be looking at some novel applications. How do we use, for example, AR and VR for training purposes? You know, things like that. I'm, I'm looking at more applications of data analytics and AI and machine learning, because we're going to be streaming, I expect, once we built out our fiber backbone and our private wireless network, we're probably going to be streaming 150 to 200,000 sensor points that now we, we need to slice and dice and, and make sense of. I am so excited of what the future will bring. I'm excited to do this pilot. I'm excited to then deploy private wireless network in, in our applicable service uh, areas here in New York State. And uh, you know, partnerships like this with Anterix and others is, is a good way to start. Exciting indeed. So Rob, I'll give you the last word here. What's Anterix have in store for the industry moving forward? Can you tease out any upcoming projects or exciting developments you're willing to share? We know that 5G has been a buzzworthy topic recently. Will that play a role in the broadband discussion moving forward? Give us your, uh, your final thoughts here. Thank you for, for that opportunity. A, a, a few things I want to hit on. One is how excited we are about the ability of the industry to come together now through the, the numerous industry leaders that have come forward to put pilots forward to work with National Renewable Energy Lab in, in, in that effort and other initiatives that we have going on now. And we'll continue to see what I see as that snowballing effect of this industry interest growing. And it's really growing because the need for these private wireless networks, as we just talked about, continues to expand. And so the consolidation of all these use cases onto a reliable, robust, secure private LT network is only going to continue to grow. And, and we're excited as Enterix to really be able to take our nationwide 900 megahertz spectrum and enable utilities to design, build, and own and operate their own networks with their own level of control as they require. And then the other point is really the collective. I hit on it before, but I think there's really a window of opportunity now for the utility industry to seize upon this collective action for private LT. It's both understanding the spectrum requirements and, and what's available. It's being able to work together and to develop the, the solution set. And it's it's across the board. And it's not just about the spectrum. This is complementary to fiber deployments that are happening. It's complementary existing communication systems. It also complementary to other spectrum bands that are higher frequency that are for uh, additional use cases. Most carriers around the globe have multiple bands as they got more mature, but foundational 
built on low band like 900 megahertz. And so we see an opportunity now as a call to action for the industry to continue to work together, creating the standards-based, around the standards-based global technology, harmonizing on, on 900 megahertz as a foundation nationwide, adding on all the additional layers of development and thinking to solve all these critical use cases. And I think that, the again, the, the, the white paper that we saw recently from Guidehouse talking about this network of networks and the importance of it within the industry, I think is a really good guideline to think about how to, how to approach this. That's a great way to bring it home. Well, listen, I want to thank you both. Gil Quinones of NIPA and Rob Schwartz of Antarix. Gil and Bob can both be found on the Energy Central platform, sharing their insight and looking forward to your questions and comments. And of course, I want to once again thank Enterix for making this episode possible. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Thank, thank you, you for much. having me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Once again, I'm your host, Jason Price. Plug in and stay fully charged in the discussion by hopping into the community at energycentral.com. See you next time at the Energy Central Power Perspectives Podcast.